Hello, welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number two hundred eleven. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. Just uh, trying to settle in here. Been a little bit depressed. There's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world, and uh, finally, you know, just just laying low for a little bit. We're in very crazy times, and we've been talking about it since this whole pandemic and quarantine and shutdown and stay at home like shelter in place and then it's gone to like crazy riots i mean it's really do you remember on june no january 2nd or 3rd that iranian dude got killed does anyone remember that like that was like oh my god world war three is gonna start yep that feels like seven years ago and then all of a sudden now everybody's forgotten about everything else and covid's like hold my beer COVID's over. COVID's over. The, the COVID thing is over. They're going to bring it back, but it's a, it was over for a while. They're going to remix it, bring it back. <laughs> oh, man, it's horrible. Yeah, we're in seriously crazy-ass weird times, but you know what? We're still here. We're still alive. We're still kicking. We're still podcasting. We're still here for all of you. I know. Real. Yeah. It's really hard to understand if it's... Should we be talking about skiing now and... Frankly, everybody else is talking about everything else. So you know what? We are going to still keep talking about skiing. God damn it. Because that's we. I think we're needed in People that role. People need skiing. We need skiing. Snow will fall again. It, you cannot stop the snow. Quarantine, Trump, Pelosi, Biden. No one can stop the snow. So exactly. That's why we're here. And that's what we're going to talk about. And we hope you guys are all safe and having fun and not looting and rioting and protest. You should protest. You should protest. It's a first amendment. You have the right. Don't be stealing people's stuff. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Unless it's like skis, uh, then let me know so I can join you. Like, do you, I could wonder like, was like DPS, did they like riot and like in Salt Lake city and target the DPS store? I don't you know, know. That's crazy, right? You just, you, you just didn't know. Like there was so much crazy stuff going on. Like, did they, I know, See, like, I believe in, in the protesting. I just have no tolerance for the rioting because no, that's just opportunists. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah. yeah. Like, I, m- one of my first thoughts is New York City crazy riots. Did someone go to the Surefoot store? Did anyone loot Surefoot? It, se- it seemed like they were like, it, it was almost like robbers targeting, staking out like what they were going to hit. Like, that's, that's how planned it was, you know? Yeah. I don't know. On a total side note, I just have to talk about it. I watched Uncut Gems finally last week, and it was oh, funny. Was Did you it? see that? No, I almost watched it the other night, and then uh, we watched something else. But I was like, oh, that's with Adam Sandler, right? With Adam Sandler, and he's like a serious role, and he's this uh, uh, gem dealer in New York City, Diamond District. And now, when I got married, I got my engagement ring in the Diamond District section. And if you're not in that situation, in that scene every day, it is so creepy and weird. And you're just like, mm-hmm. this is what the people do every day. Like it just seems very shady and kind of slimy and weird. So this movie is all about that. And I will tell you this movie. So Andrea and I don't get a lot of time to watch movies because of the little guy and life and house and stress and sleep. We had two hours to watch a movie and I chose this movie 
she is still pissed off at me for having chosen that movie <laughs> to spend two hours watching it because uh, it is one of the most stressful goddamn movies you're ever going to watch. Really? Wow. It's just stressful. Like the whole movie is just stressful Damn. watching it. I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's uh, it's just very interesting and bizarre. And his girlfriend in that movie is so hot. It's ridiculous. Which and her name is uh, something Fox. Um, I don't remember what her name was. Huh. But she was absolutely stunning. She's gorgeous. She's actually from New York City. Yeah. I looked her up on Facebook or on uh, Instagram. It's just a very weird movie. And I'll tell you the thing I hated about the movie was the soundtrack. Because to me, I love a movie with a good score and a good soundtrack. And this movie takes place in 2012. The music, the soundtrack, the score part of it sounded like synthesizer, like an 80s synthesizer music. <laughs> like Stranger Things. Like imagine the soundtrack from Stranger Things plugged into a movie that's supposed to take place in 2012. It seemed really out of place. They had like a Billy Joel song from the 70s randomly thrown in there. It just the music was so discombobulated. It it I could not focus on the movie. Like that's yeah. how much the music and the score annoyed me julia fox julia fox if you want to look her up she is quite stunning i have to tell you hmm. great actress too she uh, it was like her first big role i think and cool. she uh she w got nominated or won something best breakout actress but stunning and she was awesome and the movie itself was just it just uh, huh. it drove me a little crazy i gotta tell you you know, these, these guys that start out as comedians like Adam Sandler, just, uh, they're really good actors too, right? Pretty funny. He was, he was good in it, yeah. but the move, the story itself was a little, his yeah, character yeah. drove you crazy. He does. That's a good job. He, apparently it was, it was almost like a very dark, happy Gilmore. <laughs> like if happy Gilmore would have been done in a really dark way, unhappy it could have been on Kid Gems. There you go. Perfect. Unha unhappy. <laughs> unhappy Gilmore. Gilmore. Oh my God. It was so obvious and you nailed it. Perfect. It's, it's just fit. It's just, just naturally lo lobbing you, lobbing you up a softball there. <laughs> lobbing it up. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. Got to tell you, we have not been super active on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Podcast. Again, times are a little funky trying to figure out what to share, what not to share. We'll get back to normal. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure about that, but we've been sending out a few stories uh, here and there, but not as much as we usually do. We'll get back into it more as better times happen in the future. One thing we will tell you, and we hope you checked out last week's podcast where we talked to uh, John and Harrison from Untapped. Those yeah, guys were fun. awesome. Their podcast is really fun. Check it out. Drinking socially. We are both on Untapped now and check us out. We have Ski Bum Podcast, which Mario is maintaining. And then there's Ski Bum Brian, which is me. And we're both out there. Friend us, hook up with us, see what we're drinking. This is the social media platform that we really feel we can actually put our heart and soul into. Apres Ski, that's right. It's just life. You know, yeah. uh, we, uh, we get so many cool beers and we drink a lot of cool beers. And it's one of those things where you, you kind of want to almost have a, a journal, like you're beer journal and that's what untapped is and yeah you know we had there's one journal that everybody could read pretty much yeah you can go back look at your tasting notes look at a picture kind of cool i remember back in the day like way back in the day 
I got that app Pintly, which was kind of the same thing. That might have been like the first iteration of it. And then, you know, Untapped kind of took it, you know, took a similar concept or maybe they're at the same time. And, and Untapped was the one that, that got the most usage, which is why it became the one to use. But yeah, we're having a lot of fun. And, uh, and those guys too, John and Harrison were, they're really good guys and had a great time talking to them. So if you missed 210, check out that podcast. That was a good one. Huh, 210. Our boy Justin. Oh, look at that. We're running. <laughs> look at that. Here. Throwback. Inside joke. Inside joke. Check us out there. Go to the website, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We still have some merch there. Trying to get more stuff up there. Check out this sweet hat. Boom. Boom. It's gonna be up. We got a few of these. Uh they'll nice. be they'll be out there up on the site soon. I'm trying to get some new Yeti stuff. I want to get tall can coldsters and I want to get the 24 ounce. I think it's the Rambler with the handle. I want to get those, Rambler get a few of those. Handle. Yeah. It's almost like a Stein. <clears throat> yeah. And get those engraved. Those are going to be coming up, I think, in the next month or two. Nice. So we got a couple things going on. Um, try to get more shirts. It's been weird with our printers been kind of, you know, having issues too with this whole lockdown and quarantine essential business. So trying to. It is weird getting products out. Like I order a lot of crap and I notice like just stuff is randomly showing up. There's no tracking and stuff is, some stuff is like way delayed for manufacturing. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's, it's starting to get back more to normal, but, you know, some things are, are just not quite there yet. So we'll have more stuff on there. Also, YouTube, check us out on the... Uh, make sure you subscribe and rate us. That'd be huge. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, your favorite podcasting apps. So with that, Mario, let's kick it off. It's time for Opray Today. What do you have today? Well, I'm going back to a good old favorite that I opened with an opener that I just got in the mail today. Speaking of taking a long time, I think I ordered this like two months ago when the whole COVID started. And it's like one of those scan things that you see on Instagram. (laughs) And like it's made of copper, so it won't transmit germs. And you could open, you know, door handles with this. And then there's an opener part on it. And then this is like another piece. You could do all these things with it. And I'm like, you could remove someone's organs. If and you need to, right? It's just so easy to like click the button. Yes, I want one of those because it looks cool. And then it, they take it out of my PayPal or whatever. I pay PayPal and then it shows up maybe a month, two months, three months later. I don't know. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I ordered it. So I put one of those goddamn massage guns on Instagram and I still haven't received it. This was like back oh. in February. See, some of them are scams too. You got to watch out. The massage gun. God damn it. Massage. Super man. pissed. I got to fucking follow up with PayPal and Ooh. voice I got a complaint. massage thing, like a, like a gun thing, but mm-hmm. uh, I got that from, I just, I just got it from Amazon. From Adam and Eve. It's actually a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> oh, that's the one I got. This allegedly. is the legit one. Um, <laughs> now, so I'm doing a nice little throwback to something that I have had in the past and I always forget about it. And then I find it again in the store. A little left-hand milk stout. Ooh, nice. So um, this is nice and creamy. It's almost uh, almost reminds me of like a chocolate milk or a, a malted. It's great, um, but it's not it's not too sweet, which I like about it. You know, um, it's a stout. Have you been to the liquor store lately? Oh, coffee! I went to the liquor store yesterday. The 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 crazy liquor store, and I didn't see any fights store. or anything like that. So. It was, but, uh, I don't think I've been to a liquor store during this lockdown. I've been to uh, Costco liquor, which really isn't a liquor store. It's just a little, yeah. 
Um, and that's about it. And then I, I just go to the supermarket and get my beer. Uh, they have a decent selection. It's, they have a lot of good Florida beers, and that's about it. You know. Yeah, I'm just trying to, trying to, I'm wondering what is it like? Is it are they putting? I guess everyone's got to be masked up, and I know some places have like arrows, like certain aisles. It's one direction or the other. Dude, I went to the gym today, and they have arrows in the gym. I'm like, are you telling me I got to walk this way in the gym? Like, I'm going to the, from this machine to that machine. I'm like, this is just stupid. Like, I understand the arrows. I understand the concept. But in actuality, it's the execution one of the is dumbest things in the world. Like, yeah. so you're going to control people going in one direction. You know, somebody's going to go the opposite direction anyway. So then you're going to have animosity because people are like, oh, look at that person going the wrong way. And then you're still going to be bunched up anyway because there's still going to be somebody in front of you that's looking forever at something. So you're still going to come in close contact with them, passing them. So it's just stupid. It doesn't yeah. make sense. I love, I've had two people tell me I'm going the wrong way. And one time I was in a, I was in a hurry, so I'm like running in the store. I'm like just trying to get some something, and I knew where it was. So I'm running. They're like, "Excuse me, sir, you're going the wrong way." And I looked at right at him and said, "Yes, I know." Nice good one. Like, sorry, asshole. I won't do it again. Yeah. And cough on him. Like you're 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 correct. I'm going the wrong way. Thanks. Thanks for telling <laughs> me. You win. Congratulations. I, I don't know what this really is going to do for society by me going in the right direction, but. Yeah, so anyway, that's how I uh, got my left hand mixed up. Um, nice. Very, it's delicious. It hits a spot when you're in the mood for it. Yeah. You know, I haven't had one of those in a long time. You know, I forget about them. And then I saw it on the store. I got to get it. There you go. I actually got this one. It wasn't Publix, <clears throat> it was Target Liquors. Target has liquor, huh? Yes. You go into Target, and the, with the blue laws here, it can't be in the Target. So as you're walking out, they use the same entrance exit, and they have a door on the right. And you go in there and boom, whole big liquor store. It's a men's room, actually. It's a <laughs> or a men's room. Either or. Like, yo, man, you need some Goldschlager. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's where I got this one. Nice. How about you, Brian? So I'm, I'm going back to one of my favorite beers ever. And I'm going to give a huge, huge shout out to our friends, John and Lisa, who... First of all, we're so kind as to have me up to their place at Okimo right before the world went to insanity, crazy hell mode. <laughs> and um, they have a place up, like I said, at Okimo. And they were up there recently and they brought back some beers and they dropped me off some this past Friday. Oh, that was So nice. a huge, huge thank you to them. Um, this they, they got some beers from Burlington Beer Company who I've spoken the praises of numerous times on this podcast. And this one that I have today is one that I had for the first time a little over a year ago. It's complicated being a wizard. Nice. This is a double IPA. This could be my favorite beer because it's just so... did Harry Potter drink those? He sure did, which is why he's making that crazy movie now where he's like naked with guns. That's it. Yeah. So it's just this super hazy, fruity, piney double IPA. It's it's so tasty. It has that little bit of, you know, piney bitterness that you're getting from the hops, but also a little bit of sweetness. I think last week I had the beekeeper from yeah, yeah. Burlington Beer Company, and I was talking about how awesome that is. This is almost like that beer without the honey. 
Ah. It's just, it's so good. It's so rich. It's so creamy. I absolutely love it. And I, I love the can has the same style. They're all their cans have this style. It's very unique and it's, it's good. Cause you can look at the can and be like, Oh, that's gotta be from Burlington beer company. million percent. They did a great job with their branding. I got a few yeah. other ones that they gave me. They gave me like a whole sampler too. They, nice. they gave me like four different kinds of beers, two cans each. And I've had, I've had three of the four types so far. And I think I've had the other one in the past, but uh, like nice. Burlington Beer Company, like if you can, get, if you're an IPA fan and you can get your hands on these beers, they are just dynamite. They are so freaking. Got to go to Burlington. Burlington's a beautiful little city. Burlington is an awesome little city. And our shout out to our pal John and his son, yeah, Michael, who will be going to the University of Vermont if you're allowed to go to school in the fall. Like I don't know what the hell's going to be going on in this world, but he got in and he's going to University of Vermont, which is in Burlington, Vermont. That is awesome. Super gonna, cool. Congrats. Going to have to go visit him this year. Make sure he's doing his studies. Do some tutoring. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's like, Dad, just pay the bill online for my tuition. He's like, ah, I'd like uh, to make sure I hand it right to them. I got to go up. Make sure it's going to the right place. See how yeah, you're doing. I, how's the, uh, the provost's office? I'm going to go check that out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then perhaps go to the uh, Head in the Wood or whatever the name of that restaurant that we went to that one time which was so awesome uh, farm the farm place the farm place the farm place american Burlington. farm to table tavern the farm farmhouse something farmhouse tap and grill maybe farmhouse tap and grill look at that nailed See? it we knew we'd get there nailed it God damn, the beer selection there was so weird remember like there was just stuff they were like yeah we just got like they made one cask of this and we got it yeah they had a lot of um, Hill Farmstead, and then they had just everything from up there. I was like, wow. I remember I had that weird, it was like a limoncello triple IPA. I was like, this is so delicious. It doesn't even make sense what's happening here. I went there with Melanie when we went up there. Oh, you guys did? Yeah, yeah that place. place is delicious. Oh, so awesome. And we went to the downstairs. Like, we didn't, remember they had a downstairs basement? And yeah. We go there. Um, when we you went age- in, and... It, that place is pretty cool down there. When, when Andrew and I went there right before, well, yeah, the good old days, when she was pregnant before, with Benjamin, it was like a, it was April of that year. So she was like four months pregnant. We went there. We ate the downstairs part too. Yeah. And that was great. Cool. And they had mm-hmm. different beers down there, which was nice. Yeah, but this Burlington Beer Company, it's complicated being a wizard. It certainly is, but it is not complicated to drink this delicious IPA. So do it. Support the local independent breweries like Burlington Beer Company. Pretty sure they're independent. I don't see a little, I don't see that little uh, logo. You know, there's like that independent beer company logo, which concerns me. Does like, does like Miller Light, (laughs) does Miller Light own this? (laughs) Yeah. Goddamn Miller Coors own this company. Well, there might be a separate movement that's against big independent now. They're so independent, they don't want to be known as independent. That's right. We don't want to be known by anybody. They're ultra independent. That's right. Uber independent. Painfully independent. (laughs) Cool. All right. That wraps up. We have no stories in the app right today, so we're just going to wrap it up now. Yeah, wrapping it up. And move on. Do you want to discuss the gondola? We're going right past the gondola, too. We could tease what's coming up, though. 
So um, yes, why don't you give a little tease? Because you've so, been uh, you've been dabbling in the world. I've been looking at like you know what do you do in a state that doesn't have recreational marijuana, um, and none of the states close to you they have recreational. So what are you going to do? I'm in Florida. They have. Let's be honest. You're not near any other states. Not near any. Yeah. I'm pretty far from everything. You're just um, the dong kind of hanging between the legs. There's just <laughs> nothing on either side. And I'm far on the dong. I'm not even close by the balls. That You're way down like the dong. Some other like city or whatever state. You're like right in the tip. But so Florida, while they're, uh, you know, they've embraced medical marijuana, but by far they haven't, you know, they haven't gotten there to recreational. So what am I supposed to do? I hear my friends talk about it and, and this and that. So I actually started doing some research and then I was like, you know, I can get my own medical marijuana uh, license, you know, my, my prescription and do it that way. So that's what I've started the journey uh, of doing. And uh, I think, you know, it does make sense for me. You know, we've talked about it before, why we we're interested in it in the first place is not just to get high all the time, but I, I really truly believe there are, are a lot of uh, benefits to it medically. Um, and I have some issues, you know, I have, uh, you know, herniated discs and, you know, a uh, little bit of arthritis in my neck and, you know, little ailments here and there that uh, why not try to use medical marijuana versus some other bullshit prescription that somebody's going to give me. So figure I'll try that out. But uh, what we're going to have coming up is uh, in the next few weeks, hopefully in the next week or two, um, my experience, I'll, I'll give the uh, from soup to nuts on, on how it's done here in Florida. Uh, for anybody that's in a similar situation that might be looking, uh, it is kind of ominous and uh, a little bit intimidating trying to, you know, figure your way through it without potentially getting in trouble. And you got all the fears and all the, you know, scary things about work and stuff. So uh, I'll give my two cents on uh, navigating through that. So that's what we got coming up. Very but cool. right now it's closed. It's all COVID still. Yep. All locked down. So yeah, so we'll look forward to that in the next couple of weeks. But for now, let's go to ski news. So if you're a listener here in New Zealand, boy, are you in luck because your country is now 100% free of the coronavirus, which means <laughs> ski resorts open to operate as usual. They just It's over. They like not it. a goddamn thing happened. You got freaking the flight of the Concords are going to be there. They're going to be skiing. They're going to have a good time. It's going to be That's awesome. Right. Lord of the Rings 7 is going to be being filmed down there. That's why. See, uh, who's it? Um, Mortar. Uh, What's the uh, Eye of Sauron? He burnt up all the uh, coronavirus. See, that's what Trump was talking about when he said you got to take the... Uh, what, was, what was the exact words he said? You got to uh. drink Lysol. <laughs> Yeah, he really, it really was a metaphor for the Eye of Sauron. I think that's through, what it was. Pretty much. Well, and there's that drug that they're talking about again now. Yeah, I forget what it was called. Yeah, whatever it is. Try to detain him. Yeah, there's a it's hydrochloroxylene or something. No, it was the thing from uh, Hot Tub Time Machine? Trying try to detain him. Oh, in the try, Chernobyl? The Chernobyl? Yeah. That's the shit you got to take. Yeah. In New Zealand, there are no limits, but their borders 
not snowboarders, their borders, B-O-R-D-E-R-S, are closed. So all foreigners or anyone arriving from abroad must go through a 14-day period of isolation or self-quarantine. Hmm. That being said, Treble Cone's opening day is the 27th of June. So if you were to leave today, you could be there two days after it opens. Damn. Skiing. It's possible. They only had 22 deaths in New Zealand from COVID. Huh. 15,000 cases, 22 deaths. Wow. I guess they were far enough that it didn't reach them. I, I, I guess. I mean, they're kind of in the middle of nowhere in the ocean. Well, that's just it. You cut down air traffic and that's it. Like everything's, they're, they're secluded, right? Look at all the places that got it bad, all across Moja Nation, New York City. Yeah. You got three major airports, everyone in and out, going transit, jet setting. People driving in and out. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So what you get for living the highfalutin jet set life? <laughs> Pretty much. It's going to come and bite you in the, in the behind. You know, all those x-rays from being on the planes. That's right. You just, uh, you just delaying the inevitable there. Yeah. New Zealand. If you want to go skiing, not a bad idea. That would just be self quarantine. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Next up we have the ski diva, uh, fills us in on what it's like to do some pandemic skiing at a basin. So, uh, this article, let's see, she wrote this just in the beginning of June. And um, I guess she went like right when it reopened, right? Because they reopened. They reopened just before Memorial Day, which was like the 23rd or 4th. Right. I think they reopened. And she skied on June 1st. Whew, nice. Well, because they had that limiting system where they only allowed 600 skiers a day via a reservation system. Right. And then she talks in here about how she tried to get a reservation. Like she, she had to, you know, make the reservation and, uh, and get on the list and go. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, she writes it from, you know, her own personal point of view and and does a good job, like, you know, letting everyone know what it was like. And reading it, I kind of almost wonder like, what is it going to be like next season? Right. What is coming up? Because by everybody doing this, you know, going through this, you know, um, lottery system or reservation system. And, um, it's, it's just, it's crazy to see what happens. So a basin did the 600 skiers a day with the reservation system. Um, and then after the system crashed, they said they replaced it with a lottery with a separate drawing each day. So they were notifying uh, people the day before. So it's pretty wild. Like the, you know, it's, it's good to see them like, you know, trying different things and making it happen. Uh, But, you know, like I said, like, what's this going to mean for next year? So at least they know like they can do a lottery system. They can limit the mountain uh, and do some of these things. But um, yeah, it's just, it's weird to think about what it's going to be next year. So that was kind of the conclusion that she came to at the end. She's like, you know, is this, is this what it's going to be like next year? So it's like a sobering glimpse into what skiing might look and feel like next season. Yeah. And she writes really well from her point of view. She gives you a really great picture of what it was like to be there. So I suggest reading the article because um, it's pretty, she's even saying, you know, she was even explaining, um, you know, how they ran the chairs, how they social distance people, um, you know, 
you had, a, the other thing is like, you know, how you usually have a lifty, like hold the chair for you kind of like just delayed a little so you can get set and get on. They weren't doing that now because they don't want the contact. So it's like, you're kind of on your own. You stand there and you go up the lift and hopefully you get on the chair, hope, you know, whatever. Um, so there may be, you know, there may be a lot to a little of this that kind of stays around. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, they're saying too that all the the lodges were closed except for the bathrooms, the cars in the parking lot was every other spot, mm. and you know you pretty much booted up in the car, head to the main base area, have your pass scanned and reservation checked by a masked employee stationed behind a plastic divider. Wow, and that was what the day is like. And like too, she says in her recap that the experience was a bit odd. And she says, I normally spend about half of my ski days skiing alone, but between chatting with people on the chair, taking a run with someone else, or running into people at the bar, a solo ski day usually involves plenty of socializing. This wasn't the case on this day, and the emptiness of the mountain combined with the solo lift rides definitely felt a little lonely. Hmm. Yeah, I almost wonder, like, so think about what, it, you know, and, and we tried talking about this before in one of our other podcasts, but, you know, there's something that we keep thinking about, like, what is it going to be next year? Like, what, it, you know, and really a lot of it depends on what situation, you know, the whole COVID epi epidemic pandemic is, you know, is it, is it spreading and they locking stuff down or is it getting better and they're opening stuff up uh, or do people at that point, not really give a shit and they're just doing whatever. It's like the wild west. Like I mean, you wonder if, cer yeah, if certain places are going to be like, you know what? It's all on you, baby. We're going to have, we're going to load this fucker up. Exactly. If you're going to, if you're going to get something, you're going to get something. Yep. You want to have it's your like, mask on. That's up to you. It's like an old school party at the playboy mansion. If you want to <laughs> jump in the grotto and see what happens, this is all on you. Or you'll have the places that have the very limited number. Yeah. This is it. This is all we can, we can have. My big ski, right? So I was thinking about Opry ski. Now all the places may be closed or limited. Is Opry ski going to turn into a, Hey, let's all hang out. I got a cooler in my car. We're going to hang out and we're going to bring our own beers. I think, ski. I think Opry, the Opry ski scene might die this year, at least temporarily, because yeah. you got to think like what rent is in, in these towns, what the overhead expenses are. How can these places sustain themselves because let's be honest if you were talking about social distancing imagine imagine your favorite apres ski bar what it's like on a saturday and imagine what a social distancing capacity what that number would be what yeah. would be a quarter a fifth of what it usually would be so does that mean beers are going to be four times more expensive now so it'd be an eight dollar beer is going to be 32 bucks now Right. for that place to maintain that level of profit margin rather than limit the crowd they could limit it by the price and say hey we're pricing it so only half the people come and that may happen with lift tickets too so okay your 200 dollars yeah. veil lift ticket is now going to be 800 dollars a day wow it's i mean that's probably the more ridiculous and improbable but it is something where five dollar chicken norm, wings at happy hour what yeah the new norm is going to be probably moving in that direction compared yeah. to what we're used to. So you wonder, I mean, it might be, you know, 
in terms of getting an experience, like, of course it would hurt those places that we're used to, but it may usher in something new. I mean, maybe it would be, Hey, we're going to go back to our, um, ski house. We're going to barbecue and, and operate. Everybody wants to come by open house, you know, perhaps, but I, I think the, the bigger concern is just even the resorts. Like, can they, can they get through this? And, you know, you have a recession. Now you have people with less disposable income, you have resorts who are going to need more money per person because there's going to be less people they can have at the resort at the time. What kind of ugly, perfect storm is this going to create for the whole ski industry? Yeah. I mean, it's possible that this whole industry could suffer tremendously over the next couple of years. I mean, if you have your own skis and you're willing to hike, you might have more terrain to go on that's not being skied on. Let's put it that way. I right. know there was, didn't we read an article a few weeks ago talking about how a lot of those shops like sold out of their, uh, they're all, you know, their, um, all their, their skins and their, all their, their back country gear and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're touring to, uh, <laughs> equipment the day this was announced. I could see it. I mean, think about it, you know, like that's, if, if people don't have the option, that's, that's the next thing they're going to do. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. skins are the next toilet paper. <laughs> Actually. The toilet paper is the lift. The bidet is the skins. Oh, the bidet. The bidet. You're in that bidet. You're in love with that bidet. It's still my best quarantine purchase. You gotta write a book about that, Brian and the bidet. It's just gonna be a photo. It's a photo <laughs> album. Photo album. <laughs> the photo album, me and the bidet. Coffee table book. A coffee table book about bidets. About bidets. Who wouldn't buy that? Look at this fancy bidet. This is a 1920s bidet. This is they don't make them like this anymore. My parents had one in their house, but it was like a weird, like full thing. Like it was the yeah. full separate thing. Separate from the toilet. toilet. It of just seems that's it a just, proper bidet. Yeah, but it seems like a lot of unnecessarity. I like no the Japanese add in. It's it's all you know. I like the Japanese style, all in one, blower, dryer, hot, warm, cold. That's the way you do it. When I renovate my house in five years, that's what I'm doing. God oh, damn it. you do the, like the $2,000 Japanese toilet? I'm going to, the sky's the limit for my bidet. Like, I don't even know. Like $10,000 Tesla Japanese toilet. The bidet that I, the toilet I'm going to have in my house when I redo it doesn't even exist right now. That's how cutting I just Custom made. You get a custom made Michael Irvin Bidet. It's going to be like a gel toilet seat that molds to your ass. Gel toilet seat. Imagine that. Just mm. molds to your ass. It's warmed up. Like it knows you're coming. It just, it knows your bowel movement. It's going to be an app that's tied to the bidet that knows when you eat. And it goes, oh, this guy's going to Chipotle. I better warm the old <laughs> toilet seat up because he's going to be using me pretty soon. Wow. Think about that. Well, you could have like, you know, they do the, uh, the sensor where you come like within the proximity sensor. So yeah. You come in and recognize Brian's coming in, living mold to his toilet seat. Oh, it's going to know. It's going to have a proximity. It's going to have all of my data in the toilet. It's going to go. That's right. Brian Somebody wants to hack you. They start with the toilet. That's the way in. Brian just placed an order at Chipotle. Let's get this thing ready to go. By the time he gets home, he's going to need us. You want to steal your identity? That toilet is the way in. They start with the ass. Hack, hack the toilet. Forget a FaceTime. They're going to use ass time. <laughs> ass time. How'd they come in? Ass time. This, is, not... an ass, this is a backdoor hack all the way. <laughs> They're using ass ID. They're using ass ID now, Jerry. <laughs> Forget the face ID. Is it SSL? No, it's ASS. It's like when they uh, when you watch an animal. 
when they they kill, they always start with the ass when they eat. I wonder if they would be able to do ass recognition. You know, they do facial recognition. That's what I'm saying. Ass ID. Like how how the asses are not that unique, are they? I don't hair. Know. I mean, pimples, different hair. You know, ass, shape. There's no squ- eyes, so they can't do, match eyes. Do facial ID does the eyes and the nose, right? This is one eye. <laughs> one. <it's, laughs> This is the brown eye. That's it. <laughs> God damn. God damn it. Yes. Well, speaking of bidets and Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City nears decision on ski traffic solution. You see, you're sitting in there in traffic. You're going, God damn it. I got to get to my bidet as soon as possible. Carbon day. The, the good, day. the good. Goddamn folks of Salt Lake City, Utah are working on ways to alleviate all that traffic getting up to Little Cottonwood. So there are currently three plans being evaluated. So up to Little Cottonwood, that only gets you in the middle of like more of the stuff. Like that's not right. Well, it gets you, I mean, Little Cottonwood, 210, that's the road that goes down into Snowbird and Alta. Right, right. Yes, that's the big concern. That's where we stopped for beers near there. Oh, what the hell? Happy hour beers, right? That place was awesome and awful at the same time. Well, that's where we learned uh, firsthand about their um, crazy happy hour law where you got to like eat and you you can't have more than one beer at happy hour without eating something. It was just very strange. Yeah, what the hell was that? And the guy was like, we have have pretzels on there because we know nobody wants to eat. You just want to have a few beers, but you got to order something, so... They had the like the two or three dollar pretzels on there, and like I have to figure out the name of this place. I think it was in Granite or Sandy. Um, Granite sounds familiar. It was next to a uh, ski shop. Yeah, there's a few of those around there. Yeah, yeah. they might have a few. They might have a in few that in that area. Dude, I could, for the life of me could not remember what that place was called. Did we have a car? We did. We did, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think what car do we have? Did we rent one? I think Steve rented Oh, one. we went to that stupid ass, like off the lot place and stayed there for like an hour. Just waiting for that goddamn car. That yes, I remember now. That was horrible. Oh, that was so ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the then Porcupine. Like, porcupine Pub and Grill. The Porcupine. That was at Big Cottonwood. That was like the entrance of Big Cottonwood Canyon. Oh, uh, not Little Cottonwood. Big Cottonwood. Yeah. Yes. All those nachos look fantastic. We should have got those. God damn it. I don't know. We just wanted a quick beer and we want to get the hell up to Snowbird. Yeah, we stopped there. We stayed there long because there was nothing to do in Snowbird. This is true. <laughs> but we did have allegedly edibles and saw those goddamn porcupines. Yes. Allegedly. We did. We, did. we have video of that. Us allegedly. seeing the porcupine. <laughs> we were all so fucking happy to see a porcupine. It was a magical moment. It's just like a thing there. Those porcupines just kind of hang out there. Oh, yeah. We were yeah. loving it because that was like the entertainment for the day. Yeah, we allegedly took a bunch of edibles. Allegedly. Allegedly. And I uh, went to that steakhouse there at Snowbird. <laughs> Had steak and we saw a porcupine. Yeah, that's but that's what you do at Snowbird pretty much. And we were all infatuated with this porcupine. We we're like, we got to see it. And they had the windows there where you could watch it. It was fun. Yeah. But anyway, so here are the plans, what they're looking to do. So three plans are evaluated. First one proposal enhance busing service up the canyon this proposal involves increasing the uta schedule 24 buses at a rate of six per hour 
Second, there is a plan that will involve the same increase in the number of buses while widening Utah 210. This plan would involve a bus-only shoulder lane during peak hours. The shoulder lane will be accessible to bikers and pedestrians in the summer, offering them a greater buffer of safety. That's kind of a nice idea. They said the enhanced bus plan without the road widening will take skiers up the canyon in about 46 minutes. Widening the roads will increase that speed to 37 minutes. Hmm. But now the third plan, the coup de gras. A gondola that would run whew, near the park and ride lot all the way to Alta with angle stations at Tanner's Flat and Snowbird. The gondola would have 30 cabins and would take 46 minutes to go from base to Alta. This solution will require offsite parking lots and buses to reach the base. But how super dope would that be to go from the goddamn airport on a gondola to your ski destination? Huh. Awesome. I'm voting for three. I'm voting for the gondola. I don't think we use gondolas nearly enough off of ski resorts at this point. Yeah. There's that weird one in New York City, that Roosevelt Island tram that they have. Yeah. God damn it. This w- this past weekend, we watched Line of Descent again. I watched that with Benjamin about every other weekend. That's like yeah. our, our thing on the weekends is we watch that together. Because it's got fantastic music, great destinations, our friend Tommy Moe, my friend Johnny Mosley. Johnny Moe. And it's got snow cats. It's got wild animals. It's got music that Benjamin likes. It's it's our favorite ski movie to watch. And the first part of it is Jackson Hole. And it keeps showing the tram and everyone how much they love it. And it gets me so... I get like... I get nervous when I watch it now. Because I'm like, fuck. Like, what the hell is going to happen now? Like, remember the lines we sat in to yeah. get on that goddamn tram in Jackson Hole? Like, what the fuck are they going to do now? Lines, a lot of pay. Every tram that we except see. That, you know, except, like, remember that time we went up with Tommy Mo before oh, everyone got great. there? It was just like, like eight of us in the tram. So we were the dipshits that were a little bit late, but we were the, the champions mm-hmm. because while we were late, we were before they let everybody else in and we got that last gondola. I guess they run two gondolas up for the, for the guides. Yeah. And we missed like the big pack of all the guides going up. And then we went right after them before anybody else. And it was just us and Tommy just hanging out. It was like, it was awesome. There's like 400 people waiting to get on there. We're like, no, no, like we're going on with Tommy. It's just and us. Yeah. That's it. So it's just us. That's it. You bitches can all wait. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. That was and they so just took awesome. off. They're like, nope, let's go. We got a private gondola. So what the hell is going to happen with those trams now? I don't know. They pack them in too. Fuck. Like they, they hundred people where you're like, you're basically kissing the person next to you. Yeah. hundred, a like, hundred people. They jam on those. And Europe's even worse. Europe don't push. Yeah. Like but they limit. Even, I mean, there's a limited number always, but you got some fat people, backpacks, like stuff yeah. kind of. And then there's always somebody that just doesn't want to get that close to everybody. So then they start the push at the end to get the exact number of people that are supposed to be in there so yeah but what are they gonna do now like what the hell are they gonna do about trams it's gonna be slower <sighs> it's gonna be you know waiting on a longer line six six feet apart 
<laughs> but again, is this going to kill skiing or is it going to just get rid of the, the posers, the scenesters who don't want to wait? Are they going to have to build another like a high, a high speed quad next to it? Well, like, with less weight, maybe they could run it faster. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. They require a mask. It could be like require, a roller coaster. You just shoot them right up the mountain. That's what they need. Like a, Again, a pneumatic tube. We don't use pneumatic tubes nearly enough in this country. Exactly. Like, remember at the bank? You, back in the day, you'd have the little tube you put in there and boom, right it goes up. into the uh, drive. You're in the drive-thru. It goes into the actual brink. Shoot people right up the mountain. Foom, pneumatic. Foom, 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 foom. I think that's what Elon Musk is doing, isn't it, with the boring company? I think it's all based on getting people up a ski mountain. I think that's his whole eventual goal. He's that's building it. rockets. He's building the boring company. All that is is to get people in tubes up the mountain faster. Exactly. Via rocket, via a tube, whatever it is. Uh, we need this, Elon. We need this. We need this. There's a problem. You have a solution. It's true. SpaceX, Ski X. Ski X. Ski X is the new SpaceX. That's a really good name for our company. We goddamn need him now. Ski X. Ski X. Up. Oh, I think t-shirts are coming next week. T-shirts are on the way. Ski X. Yeah. Uh, Skibonepodcast.com. Get your t-shirts now while they last. Ski X. Limited supply. Yep. Before the lawsuit comes. <laughs> Before the lawsuit comes. <laughs> Ski X. Ski X. All right. Speaking of lawsuit. Uh, <laughs> boom look at that boom we got a story for you from aspen um there's a lawsuit now a skier parted at cloud nine in aspen before a hit and run crash at aspen highlands so i actually know um we have a friend that that went uh to cloud nine a while back and, and he told us it's just off the hook champagne and who's that? dancing on um Ah, uh, what's his face? Um, Frank? No, not Frank. Steve? No. John? Um, Jeff. 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 Uh, he went with his J-bone. wife. J-Bone. J-Bone. <laughs> so he went with his wife back before they had kids. <laughs> and they just got, you know, drunk and partied up. And he said it was just off the hook. He didn't realize it was like that. And it reminds me of like the description of something like Folly Deuce, but like just, you know, maybe a little drunker. So anyway, there's a Chicago man that faces allegations that he fled the scene of a ski accident um, after partying at that on, on mountain cloud nine bistro. So the lawsuit um, said Dimitri Kataminen, Katamanin, Katamanin, whatever, ran afoul of Colorado Ski Safety Act by not exchanging contact information with the skier he allegedly struck on the catwalk at the bottom of Upper Jerome, an intermediate run near the base of Highlands. So they said he was skiing fast and intoxicated, and he was the uphill skier, so he bore the responsibility under the Ski Safety Act, uh, which is what the suit alleged. So the victim, this is pretty fucked up, suffered a broken humerus and other injuries. So I broke my humerus. That's just a little top of the shoulder. Nothing to cry about. Um, but that's still pretty big. Uh, is the humerus your leg? No, that's the fibula. Tibia? Oh, yeah, humerus is like your, towards your elbow, isn't it? 
Uh, the humerus is the bone that connects into the shoulder. Oh, all right. So when I broke my... Uh, Not doctors, sh- obviously. Shoulder. It was a crack in the top of the humerus. That's the only reason I know that's wh- where it is. Because uh, <laughs> I actually broke it. Oof. And it was not humorous. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, Days after the crash, the victim found the identity of the runaway skier through a series of searches on Instagram that led him to pictures and videos of Katamanin spraying champagne at Cloud Nine, <laughs> a reservations-only party spot known for its patrons' celebratory splurging and drinking. Katamanin, uh-huh, dickhead was shown on film at approximately 3 p.m. February 13th, roughly an hour before the crash. So this is where posting on Instagram comes back to haunt you. Um, So the complaint uh, was filed, but has not been served on the defendant. Um, So this is going to be going on and... They're saying the ski patrol arrived at 4.16 p.m. So they, they had this time time stamped on everything, which is pretty wild. Dude, how freaking, like, I I respect this person's investigative work. Yeah. They're probably on there looking for everything that's, you know, tagged Cloud9. And He's like, you uh, struck Aspen. me at, what time did it happen? They probably started doing the math. Like, okay, I got, I got hit. It was like three o'clock. I'm sure they had police reports and they had, you know, time on, you know, when the, Ski Patrol came and they had to give a report to them. So they probably had the times down. They probably just said, hey, let's find this guy on, on Instagram. And there it is, time stamped. Hey, me, look at me. I went live, you know, right. spraying champagne and I'm all hammered. Well, you got to think too, like some people have like GoPros on or something that, you know, if they record your your ski gear, your helmet, your, you know, your, your jacket, yep. whatever you're wearing, and then you're posting something, again, an hour before you're partying in a bar on mountain and you put those couple things together, like they can come up with some pretty solid evidence that encyclopedia Brown in the case of the drunken skier. <laughs> That's what it is. I, this part is funny too. It says he yard sailed. The suit said the plaintiff could not get up. He was visibly injured and laid on the ground in pain. Defendant appeared drunk. Uh, it says, Kataminen approached the victim but did not give his name or contact information, the suit said. Defendant quickly put his skis back on and fled down the mountain before ski patrol arrived, the suit said. The skier fled with three males and two females, the suit said, noting that one of the men in Kataminen's group was an intoxicated doctor who declined to help the victim. Damn. Douchebag. That's just like, so you're Shoosh a doctor. Bag. Like, wow. I wonder if you can lose your license for that. So like, come on, man. I'm Not a dentist. Really a I know it wasn't a tooth issue, so nothing I could help with. That's right. I wonder like, if that's like a big no-no for doctors. Do you get like kicked out of doctoring or something? Hippocratic oath, man. You're supposed to help people when they're in need. It's very hypocritical. It's a hypocritical Hippocratic. That's huh. pretty... You know what, though? I, I'm really... This is going to be cool to see how it plays out because, again, this big brother is always watching, man. You know, you got to watch out what you're posting. You got to watch out what you're doing. Yeah. I'm sure ski mountains actually have more cameras on on the mountain, too. Like, it's, you know. Could, could you imagine if Ishkil had this? <laughs> they wouldn't have spread as much corona. Dude, every goddamn day there'd be people out there with lawsuits. Oh, that that was, was the most insane thing I've ever experienced as a skier. 
it was the Wild West in another language. It was crazy. It was Austrian Wild West. I mean, I can still picture right now. You have these amazing on-mountain apreski bars. And then it's like, oh, you got to go down this sheer ice cliff to get to a 10-minute rope toe to then get to the two, one of three of the runs that gets you off this gigantic mountain that goes right into a, a, a street where there are a, a cars. Busy street. Yeah. The busy street that goes to the center of Make town. Make sure you don't go too far because then you'll go into the busy street and you may get struck by a car. I mean, it, it was so ridiculous, uh, but so awesome. But, but wonderful. We can say that we were there before, yeah. before Ishkiel got castrated. It's, you know, it's like when you, uh, like if you saw Michael Jordan playing at North Carolina, you're like, I was there. I saw that. We were at Ishkiel when it was Ishkiel. When it was Ishkiel. It was yeah. raw. It was raw. Michael Jackson before all the plastic surgery. Michael Jackson before. That's right. God damn it. And speaking of lawsuits, what's one lawsuit without another lawsuit? Of course. Pair Try- Trial will decide if resorts negligence caused teenagers serious injury at Pond Skim event. Mm. Pond Skim event. We know them. We love them. End of season ritual. But, but you're not the pond skimming. Like it's all, if you get hurt there, I think you're kind of screwed, right? Well, one would assume. One would assume. So this happened at Snow King out in Jackson, Wyoming. And this teenage fella has permanent injuries from an accident he was in during the pond skim event in March of 2017, according to a complaint filed by his parents, Doug and Elizabeth Doyle. Through their attorney, Jerry Bosch, they claim that Snow King was negligent and a recent mediation between the two parties was unsuccessful. Hmm. So they are saying uh, that this this fella, Wyatt Doyle, and the, the Snow King attorneys disagreed on the definition of a rowdy train and the level of involvement Snow King had in the Pond Skim event. And now Snow King has not had an event ever since that. Hmm. I don't know what this rowdy train thing is that they're yeah, talking about. But, uh, it sounds a little a little randy. A little uh like something like like rowdy roddy piper's involved. And rowdy roddy piper. So the complaint filed against Snow King claims that the son was severely and permanently injured as a result of the condition of the defendant's premises and defendant's negligence in designing, creating, and conducting a pond skim event. The boy and some other teenagers skied across a pool of water at the base of the mountain and one of the other skiers' edges cut Doyle's leg. Video of the accident shows one of the teen's friends skiing over him in the pool and the water becomes stained with blood. Now, how much do you want to bet these kids were all boozing it up when this happened? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Usually, when you have pond skimming, it's one person goes, they do their thing, they clear the area, and then the next person goes. I don't know what these dipshits were doing, but it was definitely not standard pond skim protocol. I mean, here's the here's the thing: if they were were willing to do it, they were the ones that were trying to do it. So why 
right? I don't know. You you have to start being responsible for your own actions at some point, right? I mean, how many times can we say that? I mean, there's been so many stories over the past. I mean, I nobody know. forces you to do this rowdy train, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. I want to see a diagram of it because I don't want to see anything live. It sounds. Don't Google rowdy train. It's just. <laughs> you can't unsee it. That's why I'm, I'm not clicking on anything. You Google it. Your mom finds out. Like she, they, they tell your mom. That's how bad it is. You don't want to even look it up. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter how old you are. They're going to call you. Gonna get a, <laughs> she's going to get a letter. Not even a call. A letter. Like, son, what's a rowdy train? Oh, my God. They sent me a picture of a rowdy train. How could yeah. you look at this? <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what they were doing. They were definitely doing something stupid. Well, and, you know, I see enough. I watch enough ridiculousness to know that people <laughs> just want to outdo the stupidity of other people. And then they get really hurt. And it's like, but you were trying to do, like, something that's really stupid in the first place. And if you're not going to take a pause to, like think that this could be really dangerous and really F me up, then you shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what the hell they were doing, but it was definitely something kind of stupid. And, you know, you hate and when someone... And if you want to do the stupid, you want to dabble in the arts of the stupid, go right ahead, but don't start suing people over it. Because yeah. it's your fault for doing it. That's on you. You know, you have you to pay that price. You want to your nuts to something like, like the guy from Jackass? Go right ahead. But... You know, just saying. Yeah. I will be honest. I've never been a pond skimmer. It kind of freaks me out a bit. Yeah. It depresses me the whole two, the whole like end of season thing. Like there's a lot, a lot of emotions going on there. And I'm I, a spring skier guy. I don't really like spring skin. I really it's don't wet, either. It's mushy. It's mashed potato. I fucking hate that. It, anytime you have anything that's a food item, mashed potato, and it's related to how you're you're going down a mountain, I don't like it. But what about corn? You know, nice corn snow? That's kind of nice. That's different. That's different. Yeah. I like corn. I like to eat corn. Corn is good. Mashed potatoes, you know, just a shard full of gravy. <laughs> shard full of gravy. We're bringing it back to a few episodes oh, ago. God damn it. Just a, <laughs> just a shard of gravy in there. Just a shard of gravy. Well, that's like when we are uh springtime skiing in um in Killington that one time and it was like mud mixed in with the snow. Yeah. It was gross. You know what? It's, it's, f- it's and now this is something I've learned over the years cuz I'm with you. I'm not a big spring skiing fan. But it's all about kind of tempering your expectations. Yeah. If you go in there going I'm going to do like five runs, I'm going to enjoy it, then I'm going to sit outside, have a beer, a couple beers enjoying the sun, enjoying the afternoon, listen to some music, hang out with some friends. Perfect. That's great. But it's not going to be, you know, going to ski the best, you know, six feet of powder, amazing, life-changing snow. Like, you kind of have to level set and do that, and it could be awesome. Could be awesome. better than playing tennis, right? That's right. Yeah, see, the pond scheme event, like, you have to go in with the mindset that I'm going to get hurt. If you're doing the spawn pond skim thing, number one, you're going to get wet. You're probably going to get hurt and hopefully you're not going to die, but <laughs> you, you don't know. That's a hope. Uh, that's pretty much, you have to have those things on the top of your mind when you're when doing you do it. moguls, right? You do moguls. Hey, you might, you might break your leg. You might twist your knee out. I mean, it's possible, possible, very possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, whatever this rowdy train was, it was a dumb idea, obviously. And too now, rowdy. It was too rowdy for them. The train went off the tracks. 
You can't handle the rowdy train, kid. I just can't handle it, kid. Yeah, exactly. One in a million, Doc. One in a million. You got you to gotta man the F up. That's right. It sucks. All right, so that wraps up the old ski news for the week. And now... This is going to get a little... Shattering the big topic. The world's been waiting. This is the world premiere. This is going to get a little controversial. Some people aren't going to like what we're going to say. But God damn it, this is America still. At least it was this morning. So we're calling this section Diversity. 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 So I was going to think uh, or Skiversity would have been one too. That sounds like a school. I'm going yeah, to Skiversity. Ski it's like a university. Well, Diversity. this is going to be the name of the book that you're writing, right? Diversity. Diversity. I think it's actually west of Schenectady in New York. <laughs> Town up there, you know, founded by Polish immigrants 400 years ago. Diversity. But yeah, we kind of alluded to it earlier with, you know, crazy times right now with, you know, first the pandemic and now all this, the rioting and the looting and the violence and the police and all this crap going on now. And it's crazy how fast everything just shifted in like a couple days to, Oh my God, the pandemic, we can't be near anybody to, Oh my God, we're all protesting. And Oh my God, every policeman's an asshole. And Oh my God, everything's being looted now. Yep. It just, it got crazy and weird. And you know, very one thing, quickly too. And out of hand. Very like just, quickly. Yeah. And what is that? Mob mentality, mob thinking. Rarely the best way to come up with the ideal conclusions and the ideal way to go. And, you know, one of the things that you saw too is a lot of people were posting, you know, black squares on their Instagram for Black Lives Matters. And a lot of people are trying to do, they want to think they're doing the right thing. They want to be part of, they want to be on the right side of history. And that's awesome. Like, that's great. World being a more inclusive, better place for everybody. But it's gotten to the point now where it just seems like everyone is just pandering to the mob. There was there, a, an article. There's oh, a one fear that like you're going to be on the wrong, like you're just going to be construed by who's looking at you to be like, to fit a certain mold. Like, oh, you're just some regular white person. You, you must hate you know, you must be one of the haters too. It's like, no, no, you have no idea who I am. You know what I mean? So that was one a thing lot that, of that going on. Like, yeah. And there was one thing that I saw recently and it, it has to be a troll. Like there's no way this is a real person doing this uh, for the real reason. I was looking at Instagram for a local brewery by me. And I was like, oh, you know what? I want to go grab some beers from them, support a local business. And they were like, oh, here uh, we're open from 12 to five. Here's the beers we're going to have now. Awesome. You know, 400 likes, 500 likes, whatever. And someone commented, well, what are you doing for Black Lives Matters? Dude, they're a brewery. They're just making beer for the local community. You know, they're just trying to stay afloat now. They're trying to keep their small business running, having to face this insane obstacle of, you know, quarantine, COVID, whatever. We're gonna, I mean, whatever. on the heels of COVID too. Like some businesses are just struggling to get by right now. Almost a every, them, a lot of them aren't going to make it. Let's put it that way too. Almost every business is struggling right now. And it's, you know, I get if you want to support businesses that follow causes that, that you support, which I totally understand that. You know, if, if you found out that the local pizza place by you is like, yeah, yeah, we're funneling all this money to, uh, to Al Qaeda. You're like, yeah, probably going to go to the next pizza place. But right. 
but to, to call out a small business for that and to, to kind of, and it actually forced them but, but to, to, the thing, to do a response video for that. It's like, oh, really? do, yeah. do they really need to, to do that to, to placate to you, to your trolling comment? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, so to support black lives matter, why do you have to do anything other than be a good person and embrace everybody and not be, well, that's where things start getting really kind of ugly and gross if you want them to. Well, because then there's an expectation and a stigma that, oh, you didn't do anything, so that must mean you're on the wrong side of what we're talking about. It's like, no, you have no idea who I am or what I'm what I'm about, you know? And what do they really want? Is it really, do they want you to give them money? Because it seems like a lot of this is, hey, give us stuff. Give us something. Yeah. Or yeah, that's where it, something that... Maybe you didn't know about. It. I, it's like, knows? hey, man, I, I support you. High five. Let's go. Now I'm gonna go. Yeah. Continue my day. It's like, like, well, did, what are you really? How? What are you really doing? It's like, no. Listen, I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna raise my kid to be a, you know, a, a, a free thinking, smart person who's not a racist and an asshole. That's what I'm gonna do for you. Yeah. That's not enough. It's like, well, what is ever enough? And why is that not enough? Because you say it's not enough. Who are yeah. you to judge and say that? you have to do more than that. Like a lot of people and a lot of organizations are saying, well, because you don't do X, Y, or Z, you must be on the, you know, on the, the side of, of, you know, racial inequality. It's like, no, that's not it. So there's a couple different companies that came out in the last week talking about that. And one was the U S ski and snowboard team. And they said they're looking to make skiing more inclusive. Okay. That's cool. But the way they go about it, I mean, it really is. It's like, first off, it's fucking skiing. Like, does it, does it really, of all the things happening in the world right now, is skiing that important that they have to feel like they, that they need to uh, be part of this statement? Yeah. I don't know. It just seems, it seems super disingenuous and strange. And one thing you kind of have to go back to and one thing that I find kind of funny when you bring this up to people who are extremely progressive and have talked about cultural appropriation in the past, you know, you hear about, oh, this white girl's wearing dreadlocks. That's cultural appropriation. Yeah. So now they're, seg- um, you know, separating you out and it's, it's really. But where did skiing come from? Yeah. Skiing came from predominantly Nordic and Alpine areas. So you're talking about Scandinavia and Switzerland, Austria, Italy, predominantly, you know, those were white areas throughout history. It's like, so if you really want to be a dickhead, couldn't you say anyone who's not white is culturally appropriating skiing? If you really want to be that asshole, you could say that. Yeah. But like when people make those generalizations, they don't know how many programs we interviewed. Um, the the girl from Hidden Valley and her whole story about like she's doing that whole inner city, you know, bringing youth out to go skiing that they were never exposed to. Well, what about people that are doing, you know, those programs and, and trying to bring that to. Yeah, that was to Nelly, to, the winter for kids. That Nelly. was Nellie. Yeah. Yeah. To try to, to try to open it up to people. What about those programs? Are they going to get overlooked? And now you're going to generalize and say, oh, all skiing is, is racist. No, no, yeah. it's not. And if you look at skiing in general, it's a cost yeah, prohibitive thing. It's expensive. I'm, I'm not going to be able to be on a yacht crew because I don't, I don't think I've ever stepped foot on a yacht. 
Because I didn't yeah. grow up with that kind of money. You know what I mean? Yeah, are they going to level the playing field because I've never had a helicopter ride? Like, are yeah. they going to make helicopters cheap all of a sudden so I can use a helicopter? Dude, yeah. I didn't really... And like, I, you know this, like, I really didn't ski till I was 30. Like, I skied a couple times, but I did not have the money to do it. So I, I didn't, put didn't skis on do 18 because I was broke. Yeah. That's how I was. And mm-hmm. you, you are a minority. Yeah. And we were talking about this before. So like, I always have an issue because people are like, well, you're just another white guy and you're Italian. I'm like, okay, that's racist. And it's like culture, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Cause I'm not Italian just because my name's Mario. <laughs> they always say, Mario, like that's a Spanish name too. Oh, but you don't speak Spanish. Oh, so I have to fit the stereotype now. So I guess I have to steal your hubcaps cause I'm also Puerto Rican, right? You're, you're going to, you're going to stereotype me and then you're going to say that you're not being racist. So I, I never fit in and people look at me like, oh, he's just another white guy skiing. It's like, no, I'm Puerto Rican that, you know, grew up not very rich and got into skiing because it was cheap to do when I was going to school in Buffalo. That's the only reason I got into skiing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And it, it, it was cool because you were given an opportunity and you know exactly. what? And I took there, it. Yeah. And no one should not be given an opportunity. And like right. anyone... Like I know, girl, I had a weird upbringing, and you know, my parents—they are from—they grew up in Germany after World War II, crazy, shitty, weird time, and you know, not the most open-minded people on certain things. I'll totally admit that. And I remember growing up as a kid, you know, I was I was into hip hop, I was into you know like basketball, and you know, if like if any like family members, friends of families ever made like racist comments, like I got like really uncomfortable you know like it felt gross and like i feel the same way now like when you feel when you see someone who's like really racist like it just feels gross and most people i want to spend time with aren't like that but it's gotten to the point where if you're not saying i support black lives matter and i do this and i do that you're being called a racist it's like you can't just be a normal decent person doing your thing every day that's not enough anymore yeah. And I think that's like, that's kind of fucked up too. It's like, listen, man, it's like, I'm trying to live my life and get by and support a family. It's like, I, I don't have time to go to protests. You know, like if, if you have time to go to protest, obviously you don't have kids or you don't give a shit about them. And you know, you don't have, you don't have a job. Like there's certain things you don't have that yeah. I am balls deep in right now. I mean, you know what? I, I believe in the protests and I believe in people speaking out for what they believe in. And 100%. I believe in the cause, you know, but people using it as an opportunity to go loot, to include other causes, you know, rolled in with this other cause. Is it Black Lives Matter or is it we want tuition paid for? Uh, We want to take over Seattle and get rid of the government. We want to get rid of police. Like, okay. What's the clear message? Is it, you know, race? Like it's all of it. We have the police chief in St. Pete. He was put in because there was a lot of problem, I guess, with diversity way back. And um, he's a he's a he's black and he's the police chief. They're protesting, yelling at him like he's part of the problem. And it's like, okay, he's part of the police. And, you know, if you're saying it's police brutality, okay, yeah, you're you're talking to him. But what's the message that you're sending? Like, where is your message going? You know, so I kind of wonder sometimes where people go with that. Yeah, I no, I I agree. And I mean, you know, right now, like today, I was I was pretty sick. I was like, you know, if 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 I was a cop, if I was a, a police officer, 
I'd be almost like, you know, it, it, it's not worth the, the, the scrutiny that I'm going to get to even be a police officer. Not that I would want to do anything wrong, but if you take five minutes camera footage from a police officer, from anybody, if they take five minutes out of any of our lives, they could paint us as a saint. They could paint us as like a horrible person. They could paint us in any light that they want. So it's very dangerous when you start going to that length. And, you know, there are police officers out there that are also for the protest. They see the police brutality, not maybe in their unit or their department or their city or their state, but they see it elsewhere. You know, they've seen, you know, you have racism is one of those things that hits people personally, right? So how can you say an entire police force is racist? You know, unless I'm sure it's possible, but that's a bunch of individuals making it a racial thing. You know what I mean? Not, not everybody on the planet that's a police officer is a racist and is a, a brutality guy. And that's, that's again, that's, that's what's kind of happening now is everybody's making blanket statements about the other, whatever yeah. the opposite of who they are is they're making blanket statements without taking things on an individual level. And that's when everything gets super dangerous. This is, and again, I don't, I don't know anything. I'm a moron, but you look at the convenience of the timing that this is the year of a presidential election where a president that a lot of people want to get rid of this, all of this, the pandemic, the lockdowns, you look at the way the prisons were releasing prisoners because of COVID. And then conveniently this lockdown ends this powder keg with George Floyd, which you watch the video. It's, it's, horrifying like that police officer that particular guy and all those guys who did nothing those guys are pieces of shit yeah 100 percent. it's not even arguable but to have this all just set everything off in the year of an election it's just i don't know like i i don't know who's pulling the strings with all this i think there's a lot of opportunists coming out and organizing where people aren't weren't organized in a way focused towards their own cause that's what it is. You know what? You nailed it the, for and, their own cause. And, and this you know, is in a way, I think George Floyd is being used. Him and his million family percent. are being completely used. You know, yes, it's for a cause and part of it is for a good cause. But then the other stuff that's that's there, I think, is they're being they're using the looting. For, like, what is that? Re- what are you really protesting by breaking it was like into organized someone's looting? It was and it it's was not criminals. A, it's and like people who busted their asses having these stores set up for 15, 20, 30 years, whatever, you know, just having their, their whole livelihood just destroyed for, for what? So they're protesting for racial equality. Right. And, and, you know, that's one of the, the big messages that they're doing. The first night they had riots, it was either Tampa or St. Pete. One of the restaurants, restaurants that got burnt out local restaurant was a, a um, Philippine food place, uh, a restaurant. How is that good for your community? You just burnt out a minority community member out of their business. Mm-hmm. For what cause? Yeah. What did you solve there? You know, yeah. it's it's sad. It's just very sad. Yeah. And I get people are upset. People are mad. But the looting, like that's that's really just you just wanting to steal stuff. You just wanting something for free. Yeah. And that's what's gross. You know, again, the protests are great bringing attention to things that are wrong is great. And that's what, it, that's, that's why America is what it is, you know, cause that's what we're, we're all trying to, to, to elevate the whole country to get everyone to a better place. Just this looting, like it just leaves a very bad taste in, in people who 
who've had, I mean, my family's had businesses. Like I have a few businesses. Like if I had someone destroy that, not just for no reason, not because of what the yeah. business itself was doing wrong, just to destroy something like that's yeah. messed up. Oh yeah. You know, and then, and then, you know, when you talk about skiing, right. And they say, okay, it's, it's a predominantly white sport. Yes, it is. But there's reasons why, because it started as, you know, in, in those Nordic countries where there's predominantly whiter people. Um, it's also cost prohibitive, you know, it's not an easy sport to get in. It's not, it's not like something where, you know, if you don't grow up very rich, you could play baseball or, or basketball, basketball, you need a ball equipment. Yeah. Yeah. And and you just need a place to play. I mean, it's, it's easier to play. You play stickball, you play, you know, basketball, football, you throw football around, you like, you could play in anywhere skiing is a whole logistical nightmare. You got to get to a place. You need a mountain, the snow, number one. That's you need mountain. snow. Yeah. And you have to have the gear. And it's mm-hmm. it's not, it's it's very prohibited in a lot of ways. But the other part of it too is, you know, as a minority, like if I were to, were to become or to be a great skier, one of the things that would destroy me personally was was to be known not as a great skier, but to be known as a, as a, as a great Puerto Rican skier, I would say, why would it matter? What race am I? Right. Why would it matter? Like I'm a great skier. I'm not a great skier. Don't put this caveat on there to say, Oh, he's a great Puerto Rican skier. Wait, what do you mean? I'm not a great skier in general. You know what I mean? Like, so you now could be the second taking... best Puerto Rican skier in the world. You and I'm Johnny pro- Mosley. I'm telling you, <laughs> telling you, I, I want to try out for the Olympics now. You got a shot Puerto there. Rico. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it's, it's one of those things like then you start, you know, coming up with this idea that you're going to put a caveat to say they're this minority uh, person that skis or does cross country or, you know, whatever it is, rather than just say as a human being, they're one of the best skiers in the world. They're one of the, you know, Tiger Woods, one of the greatest golfers in the world. Right. Do, do we always know it is race? No, because we don't know is no, I'm joking. Oh. Uh, but uh, no, you, Chappelle, just, Chappelle decided that he is black. Remember <laughs> the racial draft? Yes. But you know, you look at Tiger Woods and you say, he's a great golfer. You don't say he's a great black golfer. You know, you just, he's a, he's known for his, you being great at what he does. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think there's a danger in that. Yes. You, you need to embrace it and say, it's great. You know, they are recognized as that ethnicity, but in, you know, in a way that keeps the separation around, yeah. you know, you know, again, there was another statement that, so we talked about the one that the U S ski and snowboard team made and Altera, their CEO that a letter to all their employees, uh, addressing racism in America. And I, I just found it just so, I, I, I felt gross reading it. He's like, as an individual, I commit to listening to the handful of black friends. I am privileged to have to learn about their community the circumstance. Handful. The handful. He privileged Why to have put that. That's his privilege is to have those black friends. It, again, it's just, it's so gross and pandery and yeah. placating and disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I commit to take some of the benefit I have received from my privileged life and work to make contributions to Black Lives Matters, NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund, and the Center for Constitutional Rights, organizations at the vanguard of this revolution of social change that is long overdue. Mm. Again, giving to those, those organizations is fine. It's great. But the way it's written, it's so 
cheap his privileged life and work dude that's the one thing that drives me crazy is that everybody wants to say oh well you're privileged because of this you're privileged because of that dude everybody has their own struggles their upbringings yes some people had it worse than others there's no doubt about it but you know what nobody decided rolled the dice and said okay this is my upbringing this is what i'm gonna get we're we all just got what we got to level the playing field is a good thing, but to, to se- someone to say, Oh, you have to check your privilege. You have to check this. Like, dude, what do, what do you don't fucking know me? You don't know anything about the way I was raised. The, the family I had, I know some people they have been better off having no parents or having no dad than to have the dad that they had, you know, like it's, it's just so it's making what? excuses for you not getting your shit together and getting your shit done. That's most of the people. That's that's what I hear is them bitching about so someone else has because they don't want to put the work into getting their shit together. Well, here's the other thing, right? So let's say I work really hard, and you know, going back to the race thing about like you know being a good skier or whatever, I come out and I do a time, and they say, "Wow, he's a great Puerto Rican skier." You know, we're going to give him an extra. You know, we're going to take an extra ten seconds off his time to try to level the playing field, and I wind up winning the thing. What am I going to think? I'm like, I didn't win because you just gave me 10 seconds. And they're going to say, no, we're trying to level the playing field. Mm-hmm. No, what you're doing is you're keeping me and everybody that's, you know, non-white, you're giving me a handicap so that I'll never have to be as good as everybody else. Yeah. And if you, you do that over time, what happens is you set the stage for, well, you know, you're not as good as everybody. And it's at some point we have to be on the same level literally on the same level playing field yeah a lot of times when they talk about leveling the playing field it's tilting it you know to try to embrace more people but call it what it is don't say we're leveling the playing field that's a bullshit term yeah oh for sure yeah you know and again like you you, with this with the way everything is now you're never going to make everybody happy that's not it's not possible and you know racism is 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 fucked up and gross and the fact that we have to say that is just it, it's it's nonsense at this point because it should be that should be the norm but yeah. a lot of times like you said people are point, profiting off of this like people who who are like claiming to be so and so or so you know oh this is we're anti-racist with this we're that but there's racists on both sides i've met black racists for sure uh, you know, so you, because they're black, it can't exist. No, I've met people that are racist and they're black against everybody else. Sometimes just against certain other minor, uh, other minorities or other people. Yeah. But I've met people like that. It's just, you know, it, it happens. So at what level do you say, you know, we're going to, so at, at how far, how deep are you going to go? Like, are you going to, you can't stop someone's thoughts or can you, Right. Couple but, more years. Give it five more years. Couple more years. But uh I know I just think there's a lot of people that I see that are a little bit either misguided or there's a lot of other things going on here when the the real issue is, you know, equality still and what you would call it, police brutality. Yeah. There's a lot of profiteering going on now too. People trying to use this, like you said before, to profit off of Oh, the Seattle thing threw me for a loop. I was like, so they took over a few city blocks. Now, what happens if you don't, you don't have any inkling of what's going on or care, and you just want to live your life, and you're in that little block or two, whatever it is, 
Six, seven blocks, blocks, isn't it? Seven blocks that they took over. So now you're worried about your safety because there's no cops. You're worried, like, what's going to happen? If you own a business there, what do you do? So you don't have anybody taking, looking out for your interests? Like, it's just... Stop paying taxes then. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strange seeing how people are reacting to all this. And again, there's a lot of animosity. There's a lot of angry people. I get it. But the convenience of the timing the COVID, the quarantine, the lockdown, people losing job, people being shelter in place, and then all of a sudden have this kickoff. It's yep. just, it's making it probably 10 times worse. And you see the politicians on sides already. And it's like, it's disgusting. It's like, see, so nobody's trying to get to the solution. They just want to make everybody more mad. Like yeah. nobody's really trying to get a solution out. I think I've talked about it before and uh, I'll say it again now, the Babylon B, if you don't follow them on social media, you are doing yourself a massive disservice. They are absolutely hysterical. They had a, uh, they had a great quote today that they said, Democrats clarify that black lives will only matter until November. <laughs> oh. Now they are a satirical site. That's just one of the, the articles they had today. Well, but again, it's like, like you just see so much pandering now, mm-hmm. especially on... And there's the, organizations that are pulling strings behind. There's, the, uh, there's a bunch of them. I've heard of more than one. Dude, they don't care about anybody, these politicians. All they yep. care about is power and money. They, mm-hmm. they will lie to your face. They will smile. They will tell you exactly what you want to hear. And they will the use you day, for, your, for your belief in a cause. One million percent. One million percent. But that said, there are some great organizations that are working with uh, underprivileged folks. And, uh, you know, that, you know, we spoke to, like you mentioned before, our friend Nellie. She works for Winter for Kids. Peanut Butter Nellie time. Follow her on uh, on Instagram. Winter for Kids. They're doing some great stuff up there in northern New Jersey. And again, this is an organization that if you did want to help out some inner city youths who maybe wouldn't have the opportunity to ski, they bring kids out there, they hold these seminars, these classes, and get kids to to love skiing, or at least give them the opportunity to do it. Exposed to it, yeah. Because that's really the thing is, you know, to at least be exposed to it is great. A lot of these people are like, I want to get some, I want to have some black kids ski on the mountain. It's like... Do you really care or are you just trying to do it to make yourself feel better about yourself? You know? Yeah. And I'll, let's be honest. Skiing isn't for everybody. How many people do we know who are like, oh, I just, I don't like the cold. I don't like the cold. The boots hurt. And I don't like falling on my fucking ass face and rest of my body the entire time when I it's, first start skiing. Let's it's be true. honest. Skiing is a scary, stupid thing to do. If, you, if, if you're really, if you're a normal person, like trying to get by every day and you're like, what do you do as a hobby? Oh, I like skiing. That's a dumb thing to do. It's expensive. Yeah. You have to go far to do it. Usually it's dangerous. Like there's a lot of things that make skiing dumb, well, but it's those it things way. that are dumb that also make us love it. Let's put it this way. While I was fortunate enough to go to college, if I didn't go skiing when I was in college, that was probably the last chance I was going to ski because I couldn't work a job knowing I was going to be beat up the next day and have to go and work like that. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like it's, oh, yeah. it would be a lot more to ask of me, you know, to say, I, I got to work. I got to make money. I can't, I can't afford to be, you know, 
pretty yeah, if, you, if you got a blue collar job where you depend on your body every day to to do your work yeah. then skiing is a stupid thing to do for most of us it's a stupid thing to do but that's yeah. also again why we love it but to at least get kids interested and that's one thing we talked about too when we went to uh, big snow the uh, the indoor ski resort there in uh, east rutherford New Jersey is that this is going to give a lot of kids, you know, inner city kids who, you know, maybe don't have the money or the time to get up to the mountains, the mountain experience locally. And again, who knows with this COVID thing, when it's ever going to reopen, if it's yeah. ever going to have the capacity, it will eventually we'll figure it out eventually. But you know, this is going to give like, you're going to see some crazy new innovations from kids that usually wouldn't have this opportunity because they have this chance and this local ski experience yeah. in their neighborhood. Pretty cool. It is cool. And one other group that, you know, we have interacted with in the past kind of accidentally snowburners, snowburners.org. It is actually, they were founded back in the seventies. It is a, it's an all black ski club. We've yeah. met a few, met a few people. We were, they were going on a trip while we were flying out to another trip. See, we saw them all the time for a while. It was pretty funny. Yeah, they have a they have a really cool organization. They do some great trips. I was actually looking on their website. They have a smooth jazz cruise. Nice. I don't think it's actually theirs, but they're part of it. Hmm. And I got to tell you, I was looking at the link. So I, they must have been delayed because of the whole COVID thing. It is until January of 2022. Oh, wow. Fort Lauderdale, wow. Costa Maya, Cozumel, Key West. Hmm. And I just like looking at all of the jazz people's pictures because every one of these people looks like jazz people. That's awesome. That's not a racist thing. It's just some of these people, one guy looks just like our friend Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Gary from the ski club. Yeah. It's, and it's the pictures, it's like, is this guy making love or playing the, the violin? He's playing love, man. Patches, love. Patches Stewart. You got Dave McMurray, Larry Braggs. Like, I love all these pictures of these folks. They're fantastic. And one thing that's cool, if you're a uh, Joe Rogan podcast fan, Alonzo Bowden, who's an awesome stand-up comedian, he's actually the cruise director and comic on this cruise. Oh, nice. Boney, Boney James. You have to look for Boney James. When I say he looks like a jazz person. He looks like one of Kenny G's unknown children. Like that. He just <laughs> some groupie Brian Culbertson. I don't know what that guy's all about, but I want to party on a cruise ship with him for a week. Nice. Huge groove. There is a fat white guy with a tiny little bit of beard hair named huge groove. Huge groove. I want to party on this smooth jazz cruise. And then throwing in there, there's Kyoku Matsui. Are you on there? Look at Jeff Lorber. That's Gary. Yeah, Jeff Lorber. I said. Right. Yep. Patrick Peter Stewart, they did his, they try to do his thing like where it's like, you know, they do the range, like they, they try to make the picture like with the depth and his hand just looks gigantic. Yeah, that's uh, someone. <laughs> like, maybe just the he way has he did it. the picture. It's like he's got a huge hand. Maybe he does have a giant hand. Bony James. There's Kenny Bony G. James, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So yeah, so there are organizations out there. If you do want to support real organizations that are really doing things for the community, not these just lobbing out whatever that they people want or expect is supposed to be what you're supposed to say, there are groups out there. Hit them up. We'll have the links in the show notes there. And just you, our listeners, we know they're good people. Keep being a good person. Keep doing your thing. Keep doing the right thing. And somehow we're all going to get through this together. Hugegroove.com. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up. Just keep on podcast at gmail.com if you want to bitch at us or complain about us. Or if you want to share this with CNN or Fox News and be like, look what these assholes had to say. Just make just sure you share the it. hashtag. Just do Skibonpodcast.com. Under the ropes. Fun stories this week. Under the ropes. We're gonna bring it back. We're gonna we're gonna lighten this thing up and we're gonna bring it home in a fun way. So if you are a hockey fan, which I am, I know Mario is too. Oh yeah. The NHL was one of the first groups to kind of announce that they were gonna get back to the season. Well, and the dumbass players aren't holding out. Oh, baseball, like, do Way you to really, go baseball to f up your thing even more? Do you really? I mean, baseball Such attendance dumb shits. and uh, you know, the dumb and shits. They really are. And so they're fighting to get all their pay when they're playing part of a season with no attendance. I'm going to ask a question, and it's a really dumb one. Who won the World Series last year? Because I totally forgot. Remember? I don't know, and I don't remember or care. Yeah, see, we don't even remember. I have no idea. If it wasn't one of the New York teams, I'm not going to remember. Baseball is just, if they really want to just kill themselves, if they just want to like end their relevance, this is a great way to do it. Oh, they, they may, they're going to lose a lot of fans because it's just bullshit. Like people are like, why are you not playing? Especially down here. I mean, well, spring training goes, goes on down here and people are following. They're like, why are they not playing? It's like, cause they're dummies. dummies. Yeah. yeah. But it's, but it's also kind of funny too what's happening with the other leagues. So the NHL, which you know Mario and I are both big hockey fans, they have announced that they are going to reopen training camps July 10th. So we're less than a month away. They're going well, to Well, that's formal training camps, but they've already been practicing in small groups. They have been. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Friday, July 10th, and this came out last week, so less than 4 weeks. A uh, voluntary portion will be over and formal training camp begins. So at this time, you'll see coaches on the ice and all the players together. And this will be a big day for players who reside out of town and have family ties elsewhere to be back and training with their team. Then for four weeks, they will, they will have their training camp, get themselves back into game shape. And then starting around August 1st, they're going to have the season restart, which is wild, but it's going to be like a tournament format. Yeah. Now they're going to play a few games, right? Before the tournament starts. And then it's going to be what? 24 teams or something. Almost, almost all the teams. It's I just thought the it was last... 21 teams. How many teams are in the league? Cause they're only dropping 30. out. Okay. They're only dropping out like a few. I think it's like 20. You're going to drop out like the bottom whatever, six or eight teams. Like it's, it's not many and it's just going to be 24 teams. Yeah. They said, and so six teams are getting dropped, which is, and what they're going to do is they're going to have like host cities. Yeah. So they're going to have different cities, like uh, two cities total that are going to serve as the hosts. And 
Las Vegas has already been chosen as one of those. Oh, really? Because the criteria was they had to have, I think, th- um, four NHL size locker rooms within the facility. So it had to be like a newer arena. Right. And uh, a large number of four and five star hotels within a close proximity. So Vegas mm. is perfect for that. And that wow. arena is like, what, a couple years old? Yeah. So they ha- it's all got the, you know, all the those newer requirements that are in there. Did they mention uh, who the other city is? They're they're trying to choose a Canadian city, and Toronto is on the list. Toronto and Edmonton, I think, are the two big ones. That'd be cool. What they're saying is they're going to be twenty four teams. The top four teams in each conference will play a World Cup style pool to determine their seeds, while mm. the remaining clubs play a best of five series to secure a playoff berth. Hmm. Once the field of eight teams from each conference is set, the postseason will proceed with a typical best of seven series format, but the bracket will be reseeded after each round of play. So the NHL, in my opinion, is going to be the odds odds on favorite winning the hearts and minds of fans everywhere, because this is going to be not only this is this going to be getting back to actual playing games, which baseball failed to do, and football's ready to get back on because they know they don't want to lose strut. Yeah. But this is also going to be that whole like March Madness style where everybody's going to go yeah. nuts gambling and brackets and shit's going to come out. It's going to be it's going to be fun. And you know what I love too? I'm looking I forward lo- to it. I love that it's going to be happening in August because August oh. was always such a like dead sports month. Well, here's you're like, a weird thing, you're watching right? shitty baseball games. You're sweating your ass off. Yeah. Now you can at least, at least be watching hockey because what they're saying is because of the way they're going to have to do this in a short period of time, there's going to be like three games a day. So like yeah. they may, if they're only going to do it in these two different cities, there's going to be games in the afternoon, games it's in the early evening and games yeah. at night. So you're going to be like having games all, all day long, which and they is might so do, awesome. I haven't looked at the schedule or seen, but like they might do the back to back instead of the whole rest day in between, which I used to hate because it got so spread out. Now they might play an entire series in like a week. Yeah, it's going to be it's you it's going to be a lot of fun. And if they are smart, which I really hope they are, they will ditch that center ice package and they will have every game on NBC. Oh, they just got to televise it. Oh, Dude, if 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 you TV. want yes, yep. I mean like you said capturing the hearts and minds of people. If they do that and be like yeah. all of our games are on, you can watch them all. They're going to make so many new fans. I watched UFC this weekend just because I wanted to watch UFC. It was kind of weird because there was no crowd but i was like i was still watching it because it was the only thing on yeah you know well, i also wanted to watch it but yeah um yeah this yeah. but this is going to be a lot of fun so i'm excited for this happening so I some would of that, say it's a great format the weird thing is they're going to start the season like three weeks after the end right well that's the really <laughs> fucked up thing because the nhl season usually starts in early october I don't know what they're going to do now. If they're going to take like a two month break, start it in like November, December. They and it was weird to season pretty easily, you know, but you know, I love that they're doing it because number one, you don't want to miss out on the Stanley cup. Cause as a right. hockey fan, it's like the NHL playoffs are the best. I mean, you, yeah. you, you, these, these guys, what they go through to get and that's to that. Why you have such a long season, right? Yeah. But like, what's cool is that they've actually pushed aside a lot of the, the, I don't know if it's legal or the the technical things. Because think about it. Most players, I mean, 
usually the season's over by now, like middle of yeah. June, Stanley Cup done, and everything regarding free agencies, contracts ends July 1st. I guess they're just kind of going to kind of push through so whatever would have been July 1st is not going to be like October 1st in terms yeah. of new contracts, new free agencies, whatever. But it's like I mean, it's going to players too like they were getting ready to go into playoffs when all the shit hit. Like they were getting I mean they were like what 3 weeks before playoffs? 3 or 4 weeks about, yeah. 3 or 4 weeks like they were playing the last like 13 17 games of the season and it was like all right and it, well, all the teams were getting ready. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, for it to happen, it, it actually gives everybody, I think, like new hope for, you know, what they can do coming out, which is cool. Yeah. Makes so the same sets. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be, dude, everything's off the table at this point. Everything's yeah. off or on the table, depending on how oh, you look yeah. at it. But they're saying uh, alongside Vegas and Toronto, other possible hub cities under consideration are Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, LA, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to happen there. Pittsburgh and Vancouver because there's a bunch of criteria. So the hotels, the four NHL uh, level locker rooms, low COVID, and I'm sure a low COVID minimum minimal rules out of New York and Seattle. What's why New York and Seattle aren't on this list? Yeah, LA LA surprisingly had pretty low COVID numbers. Yeah, well they don't really have a mass transit, right? I think really honestly, it's my belief that the mass transit's a big problem. With spreading that whole thing. That's why I mean, I'm surprised Chicago's not still on there. Chicago is probably one of the ones that's going to get off the list pretty quick because there's a lot yeah. of ugly rioting going on there and uh, they, they were pretty high in the COVID cases. Mm. But yeah, it'll be cool to see. But this is going to be I actually saw fun. some speculation. It was like, uh, I don't know, a few months ago when they were talking, or a few weeks ago when they were talking about this, they were actually considering if they were going to have, because they weren't going to have fans, if they were going to do like one of these um cities in for canada one of these cities where like they had stadiums and they had but they didn't have them they weren't they had good ice but they weren't big like you know stadiums so like medicine hat or like some of these places in like western hockey league like that would have been crazy that was a rumor yeah that they were talking about earlier too even places like concord new hampshire yeah it has like you know a two maybe had a minor league team so they had a legitimate NHL sized ice, but didn't have all the, um, the stands the, the and the stands. facilities. And yeah, yeah, it would have been cool too, but I'm yeah, sure that yeah. was a logistical nightmare. Just getting the people in there. There's no way they could sustain the, uh, they didn't they have the, the uh, camera stuff set up. Like they still need all that stuff. You need practice televising. ranks. You need the hotels. You need, yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. And I think that's a lot of what they were missing. So they are going with the big NHL cities because they they have those facilities there yeah it'll be cool to see it's all gonna come up pretty soon i'm excited yeah speaking of excited speaking of excited so uh if if anybody's been following our podcast for probably i'm saying going back two three years we were mm-hmm. talking about this um fens millions so uh fens million dollar hidden treasure has been found so the way the story goes is there was a very rich guy, uh, Fenn. Forrest 80, Fenn. Forrest Fenn, who's 89 now, who hid a treasure in the wilderness with the idea of getting 
tempting people to go into the wilderness um, and launch an old-fashioned adventure expedition for riches. So uh, I guess this is still pretty new. So they have some information out, but like the person that found it, I guess they verify that the person found it. Uh, Forrest Fenn verified that. Uh, the person doesn't want their identity out. Uh, they're from Smart. the... Huh? Smart. Smart, that's right. He's a boy back be, east. Right? People be knocking on their door. Uh, yeah, Forrest Fenn said it's a, somebody from back east. So that's all that uh, they would divulge. But the eccentric millionaire Forrest Fenn buried the treasure chest filled with gold nuggets, rare coins, jewelry, and gemstones somewhere in the Rocky Mountains over a decade ago. Um, <laughs> and since like, he's released... Um, it, I guess what everybody was following was a 24 line poem that was published in his 2010 autobiography, uh, called the thrill of the chase, um, as well as a, a Goonie style map with clues to locate the treasure. So it's pretty amazing that this went on for so long and people were actually really looking for it. So and like what's, what's also crazy is there was a follow-up story. That came out what's today, a couple of days ago, that allegedly this woman who is an attorney, so we should take it with a grain of salt, she claims and filed an injunction alleging that she solved the puzzle first and that this guy followed her and cheated to get the chest. Yeah. Hey, she if she's a lawyer, she knows possession. Yeah, she said she solved the puzzle and then claimed she was anonymously hacked by a person who received the treasure. Oh, well. She will be representing herself and seeking to have the chest handed over to her. Uh, (laughs) God damn it. Like, does everything have to involve a lawsuit? It couldn't have just been a clean, like, hey, this person found it. A1. You know? Yeah. Ah, they cheated me. I had my own map and they, they copied my map. Oh, well, that's just tough shit. Maybe hide your map a little better. Yeah. So I wonder how much gold has increased in value since the guy buried it 10 plus years ago? So it's about $1,600 an ounce, right? So it depends. About 1700 now. 1700 I know because I was looking that up the other day because I was watching Bering Sea Gold. Have you seen that show? No, what's that? Oh, these dudes, they have like, they're off the coast in maybe, I think they're in like 10 to 20 feet of water and they have these cranes and they go and they just dig and they get the soil from the from the ocean floor, which is it, they're all they're shallow. They're just right offshore. It's like looking at a beach, and like there's a you know a, a little boat out there, and they dig and they sift through it. And these people are finding like you know little little chips of gold, but then they're like they're showing they they're doing it like danger uh, deadliest catch, where they're you know showing the totals of ounces that they get. This one person has like four hundred ounces of gold that they've. Sifted out. Holy crap. I'm like, I didn't know the Bering Sea had that much gold all over. Like, I don't. Yeah, gold's like 1737 an ounce right now. Damn. 1730. Imagine this guy buried Bitcoin 10 years ago. Would that be worth now? A disk drive with Bitcoin on it? Disk drive with Bitcoin in there. Now that would have been worth searching for. Yeah, right. It's your yellow metal. It's probably just tungsten painted yellow. Yeah, right? Fool's gold. Ha uh-huh. ha. Fool Jew. He can do whatever he want. Yep. I one day hope to be an eccentric millionaire. 
man. That's, that's one of my uh, my life goals. Yeah, so that show, they, they had like about 440 ounces of gold. So that would be about $761,000 worth. Damn. And that all they're doing is just scooping out buckets of sand and chucking it in this thing and they sift it out and boom you got gold see we should get our yacht and do that with the yacht yacht to yeah. yurt there you go there you go there it is well there's two groups there's some groups that do with the bu- big bucket of sand and then other other people go down and they have the whole the guy with the big hose and he goes just sucks <laughs> in the the ground it's the weirdest show you gotta see it bearing sea gold bearing sea gold yeah it's one of those things that you'll watch and you'll just be like three hours in watching, you know, a few episodes and be like, why am I still watching this? All they're doing is digging for more gold. Mm. And you'll be like, I'm just watching it because I'm amazed that they're actually making money out of this. I just need the highlights, bro. It's just weird. Give me the highlights. It's taking yeah. too goddamn long. It's like the deadliest catch. It's three hours when they run the marathon, three, four hours of them catching crab. You know what they do the next time? Catch more crab. Yeah. Same shit. I can't watch those. I can't watch those shows. Yeah. I I watch them for a little while and then I'm done. I I don't watch them for months. Losing my gall darn mind. (laughs) I got, I got podcasts to edit. Good things to do. Podcasts and stuff to do. I know you weren't looking at a map. That's for goddamn sure. (laughs) Could have found some gems. I wonder what gems he's got in there. Like uncut diamonds or. Yeah. I hope I hope eventually we get to see pictures of what the treasure was. But like, what a crazy old asset! Apparently, too. it's going to be after a goddamn lawsuit. Ah, uh, yeah. But like, think about what a crazy old asshole this guy is. Like, yeah, I got this. I got all this extra gold. I'm going to go bury it somewhere in the middle of the uh, of Colorado and let some awesome. other assholes go find it. Like, it's such a great awesome. thing to do. I wish more eccentric millionaires would do that. Oh, he's like, they have a picture of him pointing to his map. He's like. Just the old crotchety guy. This is what I do. It's awesome. But I love how, like, to do the story, they fill it in with, like, you know, other pictures of gold. And you're like, is that it? It's like, ah, oh, damn it. That's like a stock photo. Yeah. Like, that's it's a like, lot of gold. It's like the best whenever they have, like, the stock market crashes. They always have the pictures of, like, the trader guy. Like, there's, like, <laughs> hands in his face, like, it's laying like down. It's like the same guy all the time, too. It's, Poor bastard. Or the guy look, like, looking up, like... <laughs> Like it's the same pictures every time and they're always funny. The stock photo. Yeah. Goddamn bad stock photos. There's websites actually called like bad stock photos. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, there's so people keep them. using them over and over. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up the old podcast this week. Thank you everyone so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Again, if we went a little, yeah, a little deep today for the main topic. If you have any comments, you want to hit the subs, keep on podcast.com. Also, if you want stickers, got more stickers in keep on podcast at gmail.com or hit us up, DM us on Instagram. We are at ski bump podcast. Also Twitter, Facebook at ski bump podcast. Check out the shop, ski bump podcast.com slash shop. We'll have some newer stuff coming in the next couple of weeks. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate us. We'd really appreciate that. That would help us out. Thank you again so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And we'll check you out next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.